Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zook. And I'm glad we I'm glad that we've like settled on this after how many years? Four years, four and a half yeah. years. Uh, almost three hundred episodes. We are the Stolen Droids Podcast. It definitely does make things feel a little bit it's like that's another thing off our shoulders. Yeah, it's it's like, you know, we've got so much that we try and do to produce quality programming and every week that's just a a burden that we've had to bear. It's it's nice to not have to have to worry about that anymore. Mhm. Um well now we need we have feedback. We have a lot of headlines, we have feedback. It's been an eventful week. It has. So let's get right into it. Um, shout out to our friends over at trekradio.net, cryptonradio.com, openbookaudio, stitcher.com, radio KSCR, Geek Factor Radio, and WP Cycle Web Hosting, who I just realized I haven't said for a few weeks now. Really? I always thought I hear it. Maybe I'm just conditioned to hear it in my head. Perhaps, perhaps. I know that I keep wanting to call them by their old name, by, you know, 4814. But uh, they're not that anymore, and they haven't been for some time. No. So, shame on me. They're still awesome, though. They are incredibly awesome. Okay, into our feedback. First up, we have two from Ruff. Uh, I'm going to read these out of order. And uh, he actually wrote this one on his Facebook as well. It says, hey, guys, for a podcast that doesn't cover politics, you sure covered a lot of politics. My two cents on the president-elect Trump is that you should know exactly what you're going to get as president. One, anything mentioned on the campaign trail doesn't count. Quote, I didn't say that or it was a joke. Two, he will set challengers and fire people. I say I don't understand this sentence. He will set challengers and fire people for little of no reason. Turnover in his campaign staff or any episode of The Apprentice. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, he's giving examples here. Three, he will delegate to anyone willing to say nice things about him. Also, The Apprentice. 3A, he will Twitter war with anyone not saying nice things about him. And there's too many examples. Uh, I could go on, but I'm bored of this already. Okay, one more comment. Get ready for a Pence presidency and all of what that means. And I'm not talking in four or eight years. I'm talking in nine to 12 months. Cheers, rough. Um, Yeah. I, I'm just, I just want to address that last comment. Does anybody really think Donald Trump is going to do anything as president? No. He just wants the title. It's all about his ego. Mike Pence is really going to be the one calling the shots behind the scenes. Um, and and to your uh, your comment about politics, you're you're right. We probably talk about him too much, but there's actually a reason why. Um, back in the day. And when I say back in the day, I mean like, you know, 98 or so when I was still in high school. Yeah, I'm a youngin. Um, Linux was making it big. It was making headlines. You know, Linus Trivaldi was coming out with this thing. It was called Linux. It was going to be the next big thing. Any moment now, it was going to become the big operating system. It was just all over the news. It was going to be it. Here we are now, almost 20 years later. It still isn't the next big thing. Yeah, it's used a lot. It's all over the servers. It's all over uh, development machines. Mac OS is built on a, a form of Unix, but it's still not the desktop computer OS of choice. And it's because if I had been at all involved with economics, with business practices, with law, with 
seeing things from a bigger scope than just, oh, hey, here's this tech, I would have been able to, pre- to, to predict it 20 years ago that, no, it was never going to become the next big desktop OS. And that's kind of why we do the show the way we do it. It's like, yeah, we're a tech show and the occasional geek, you know, rant. Not so occasional anymore, it seems. <laughs> but you you only get a good picture of what's happening when you take into play everything that's happening. And unfortunately, for better or for worse, politics tie into tech a lot. Yeah, I wish it didn't. Unfortunately, politics ties into everything a lot. Mm-hmm. which And money, and be- globalization, and yeah, marketing. And- and with me being as as libertarian laissez-faire as I am, I really don't like politics tying into my tech yeah. or anything. I don't like money tying into my tech, personally. If we could do whatever we wanted tech-wise and not worry about who's going to pay for it, we'd already be at Mars. Oh, totally. You know? Totally. Um, so thanks for that one, Ruff. Ruff had a, another one, and he says uh, this is for the iPhone made in the USA. Remember last week I was talking about Trump saying... I'll get Apple to build everything in the U.S. So, Zook, your maths on the extra cost about making the iPhone in the U.S. fail to cover at least two items. One, does making the iPhone in the U.S. mean making all of the parts for the iPhone in the U.S. too? None of this shipping them all from China just to assemble in the U.S. stuff. And two, Chinese workers probably work 12-hour shifts in horrible conditions and still churn out one and two-thirds iPhones a day. I would estimate that the output of a U.S. worker a similar situation would be at least half that, if not worse. One solution to this would be to use undocumented workers. Oh, wait. Cheers. Rough. Yes. So, no, number one, to answer your question, no, I was still saying the components are made in China, shipped over here, assembled in the U.S. But If everything was made here, holy crap, that would be a pricey device. That would be incredibly pricey. Uh, and number two, you're absolutely right. I was going to bring that up in the episode last week, and I completely forgot. Yeah, Chinese workers, they don't even work 12 hours. Many of them are working up to 18 hours. So... All we know well, is they have 500,000 employees, and they work churn out 600,000 iPhones a day. And you're absolutely right. We don't know what that day is defined as. Is that per 24-hour period? Is that per shift? Well, and also, you talk about their conditions. We've covered it on this show multiple times. Foxconn has a little bit of a suicide problem. They had to put nets up around their building because their employees were going up to the roof and jumping off to commit suicide because their life sucks so much. Yeah, OSHA would be all over that here. Yeah. they uh, Would they even let the nets be down at the bottom of the building or would they make them be up at the top? So <laughs> if you're going to go fall? up to the top to commit suicide, we insist that you have a spotter and you wear this safety harness. Yes. <laughs> and don't forget safety protective eyewear. And the reflective vest. Yes. So everyone can see you splat. I'm just saying, you know, we have we have strict safety regulations here in the US for a reason. No um, open toed shoes when committing suicide off the roof. We are making really light of a very serious problem. But it's We're kinda kind funny. of horrible, aren't it's we? It's kinda of funny. Um, our next one is from Paul, who is on a bit of a holiday right now. He's he is here in the US in New York. And he says first time in the US since mobile payments. Taxi driver has no idea what I'm saying. Question, if a terminal accepts Samsung Pay, can I also use Android Pay? What other technical delights does your country have? 
and I already replied to him on this one, and I'll reply to on here so everyone else can hear as well. Samsung Pay can do NFC payments and whatever that other one is, the the, the, the magic. magnetic strip. Yeah, the magic voodoo witchcraft one. Android Pay and Apple Pay also use NFC. So if you're at a terminal that accepts NFC payments, then yes, Samsung Pay and Android Pay are pretty much interchangeable. If you're in at theory. one in theory, yeah. If you're at one that doesn't, Samsung Pay can still use its medical, not medical, magnetic transceiver to basically beam the magnetic code over to the card reader as if you were swiping your code. Which I don't know what's going to happen after January 1st. Here in the U.S., all card readers at retailers are supposed to convert over to the chips. Right? Does that take, does that take effect in January? Is that when that deadline is? That's what I've heard. Because, if, like, every store that I go to that has the chip reader, they had them enabled at some point, and they've since disabled them because they suck. Yeah, uh, it seems to change randomly when I go. But, no, uh, supposedly I, I heard from one of them that they're supposed to have everything chip-enabled by the beginning of 2017. And I've noticed with Samsung Pay, if you go, let's use Home Depot, because Home Depot is a place I go to frequently, and they make you use the chip. If I use Samsung Pay, they don't have the NFC enabled there. You have to use the magnetic transcoder. But if I use the magnetic transcoder, it says, please insert chip. Yeah, it kind of sucks. So it's like, I, I, how how could we get the, we had one job? How could we get this wrong? <laughs> yeah, I I'm curious to see what's going to happen because that is the one reason that I use Samsung Pay. And if they make it so I can't use Samsung Pay, I'm not going to be happy. Yeah, as the soon, majority as soon as Samsung Pay is broken, root here I come. Yeah, I mean the majority of of stores that I go to have disabled their NFC or they don't even have it, which I don't understand because at one point a lot of them had enabled it, but I think that they found that it was too too troublesome for their employees to have to deal with. Well, and they also are charged an extra per transaction fee, and a lot of retailers want to keep that money. Well, there is that. Let's get into our headlines, and let's stay on this. Let's stay on Samsung, actually. Okay. Um, Samsung, last week we talked about them developing a new AI, right? And this week... Ex- was Did we also talk about their exploding washing machines? Without, that was the week before, or two oh, weeks ago. Oh, was that the week before? Okay. It, Samsung's been in the news a lot. It's hard to tell exactly what we've covered and what we haven't. But they have just recently purchased Harman, as in Harman Kardon speakers. Now, I'm a little bit confused by this because I'm not as familiar with Harman Kardon. But everyone is agreeing that this is their foyer foyer into um, getting into the automotive game. Yeah, going for the whole connected car now, they paid, what, like $8 billion in a cash deal for this, which is amazing that they have $8 billion after all their phones blew up. But, yeah, $8 billion, $112 per share, which is well above 
Their current share price of $87.65. I don't... Uh, do we think this is a wise investment? I question that because, you know, you think about it. Their phones have been banned on airplanes. Their washing machines are blowing up in laundry rooms all across the world. Do we really want them on our roads as well? I mean, just imagine you're driving down the street. All of a sudden, there's a, a Samsung car in front of you that explodes. I can just imagine a very awesome Michael Bay sequence. Yeah, I, I would hope I could just walk away from it without looking back, but I know I couldn't. I think part of the thing we might be forgetting is the fact that, you know, Samsung, before the S7 came out and became the runaway hit and runaway bomb that it is, they were really trying to go heavily to Tizen. In fact, they still are. Remember, they want Tizen developers in India. They want Tizen developers for their Samsung Galaxy Gear. They really, really, really want Tizen to pay off for them in a way that it simply hasn't yet. So what if this mobile AI and this push to car automation isn't them trying to further their Android game, isn't trying to f further their Galaxy game, it's them trying to become their own private ecosystem. I could see that. I could see that. Although I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that Google's got their self-driving car. Um, you've got Tesla with their self-driving car. Apple was working on a car, but now they've decided, no, we're just going to do the, the software. I think this is Samsung trying to keep up. You think it's just a, a game of me too? I, I that's how I see this. See, and I I would actually appreciate a Tizen powered car. Um, if ever you want to know exactly how much information is tracked, assuming you use an Android, go to maps.google.com and click on the tab for history. Okay. Now, assuming you have an Android phone you will suddenly see a map of everywhere you've been day after day after day. And if you've taken any pictures, it'll overlay them in the timeline and show you, oh, you were here when you took that picture. And then you drove over here. And then you were here from this time to this time. And then you parked your car here. And then you went to this person's house, because remember, you have your contacts address in your phone as well. And then you came to work and then you went home. I don't like that. I mean, I like it because it makes things easier for me. But at the same time, I don't like that. It's the main reason I don't want Google to be my ISP. I also don't want Google to be my car. I kind of like the idea of having a third-party option. Yeah, I agree. Have you ever seen that before? I mean, I noticed you started searching right now. Yeah, I'm trying to pull it up. <laughs> Seriously? I... People, I think I have looked at it before. Yeah, I think that, oh, your timeline. It's not history. If you do history, it's going to tell you, like, weird Chrome stuff. and You search for Raspberry Pi, how to set up a Plex server, um, that kind of stuff. It's it's the timeline that you're looking for. In right, right, right. They've Sorry. Changed it. But, yeah, I mean, I can see here I've been, wow, it even shows me in Atlanta. Yeah, why does it show me in Atlanta? Airport. That's my guess. Oh, you're absolutely right. I forgot I flew back in through Atlanta. Yep. By Phoenix, Las Vegas. Wow, I'm like all over the all over the country. 
There's Boise, Twin Falls, Wendover, Los Angeles, Tucson, Phoenix, Havasu, St. George, Toronto, Kansas City. Interestingly enough, it shows me in Las Vegas, but it doesn't show me in St. George or Cedar City. Which is on the way to Vegas. I look like I look like my my timeline looks like a fault line going from Boise all the way down back to I fifteen back down to Tucson. Yeah, mine mine is um, mine's Yellowstone down to Moab. That's my fault line there. Yeah, it so, does show that I was in New Orleans, though. That's kind of cool. So I'm just saying. I'm, I I can appreciate the idea of having another option of having my car just be my car. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, I like the idea of everything being integrated and everything being connected, but I really kind of have problems with everybody knowing everything about me. And at this day, I probably need to just get over it. Because whether I like it or not, Google already knows more about me than I care. You know what would be nice, though? If ever I'm accused of a crime or something, I'll just call Google as a witness. Oh, I, I'm surprised that doesn't happen, in all honesty. Oh, we have here that Zoner robbed a 7-Eleven from this, at, uh, this day at this time. You say, nope, just check Google. Yep, he was searching for how to install Minecraft on a Raspberry Pi. Which, by the way, I did, and it works fabulous. Isn't that great? It really is. Let's move into some horrible, horrible news that we should not be surprised about at all. I I got to throw this out there. Hacks Honor is, is in not, full effect. Is not in effect. There is no hashtag Hacks Honor for this episode. Zoner's adult friend finder account was hacked, and as a result, four hundred million other accounts have been cracked. <laughs> now I gotta ask you this. Uh, I understand what adult friend finder is. Finder? Uh, Did you just say friend finder? I may have. I don't know. It's late. Shut up. Um, but is this? Uh, and keep in mind, I haven't seen an ad like for months because of the way I've got my network configured. Do I? Is this the one that? got the ads that like pop up everywhere that say hot singles are in your area is that is that this one it's the same idea i don't think it's the exact same site but yeah it's the same idea it's a personal site for people who really just want to find friends with benefits they want to hook up they want to hook up they want to hook up but they're really interested in putting more effort into it than tinder like you know (laughs) like there's effort involved here is there a little bit, yeah, yeah. Like, you, let, let's be honest. Anything requires more effort than Tinder. Unlocking my <laughs> phone takes more effort than actually using Tinder on my phone. Okay, swipe one well, way, I'll, swipe the other way. I could do this by accident. In fact, that's probably how a lot of how a lot of matches are made by accident. Yeah. So the most alarming thing about this site breach is not just that it was breached or that four hundred million accounts were compromised it's the fact that accounts that were canceled and or deleted were also compromised and their passwords are all in plain text yeah that's not good so 
I don't really think I need to say it, but I'm going to say it. If ever you ever had an account on Adult Friend Finder and you have a tendency to reuse passwords, change your password. Yep. And again, let's reiterate, Hackzoner is not in effect. Hackzoner? Hackzoner. Could be worse. Could be Hawkzoner. That sounds like a spy name. It sounds like a drug. (laughs) It's a little purple pill. Indeed. Okay, so we have a new Google Music, kind of. Yeah, Google came out with. Yeah, Google came out with a couple updates this week. They updated their newsstand app, which I'll talk about a bit later. But Play Music got updated as well. I don't know. Do you use Play Music, Google or Zook? Wow, you are having (laughs) problems tonight. I think I'm having a stroke. (laughs) (laughs) I do not so much anymore. No, Um, I find that my podcasts are keeping me pretty busy when i drive and when i'm not listening to my podcasts i just default back to hamilton every single time yeah i find i do that a lot too i think i have a problem i i I agree i had a dream last night that i convinced lin-manuel miranda to join our church's community softball team and he discovered that he liked baseball more than he liked Broadway, so he tried to leave Broadway for baseball, but he really sucked at it, making him the only person with Hispanic roots to be bad at baseball ever. <laughs> and I ended up getting like death threats because I had taken him away from Broadway. I kid you not, this is what I dream about, evidently. Wow. That's awesome, though. I... It was a very well-fleshed-out dream. Normally, they're a little bit more sporadic. No, no. There was, like, backstory and character development. It was bizarre. <laughs> That's awesome. I wonder what it would take to get him to come on our show. Um, well, evidently, just uh, promise at playing softball with us. <laughs> at least in your dreams, huh? Hey, look, uh, it has to be based somewhere in truth. But no, uh, so Google redid this. And if I do say it's looking very Pandora-y. A little bit. Well, Pandora revamped their stuff a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So, I don't know. I I loaded the new APK onto my phone. Uh, I didn't want to wait for the update because I use Google Play Music a lot. I haven't noticed a lot of difference in all honesty. No. I've noticed some minor changes with the web interface, but, like, I'm not seeing, like, these screenshots at they're showing on this article i'm not seeing that well oh, just kidding i just it just did it for me and i think that i must have got some new update yep because yeah i think that the apk that i had must not have well it's a two-part and google does this a lot now it pushes the apk and that's half of it but it also has to be enabled server side yeah, and I obviously was not enabled server side, but I am now. You know, it I, it looks nice. It looks nice. I like it. Number one, my number one um, recommendation for fans of Journey. My second recommendation, fans of Les Miserables. Yet there's nothing about Hamilton there. I guess I've listened to Les Miserables a lot more than I have Hamilton. I'll see. My, my first one is uh, Today's Best Music which is alternatives. Uh, my next one is Throwback Thursday. I do listen to a lot of 90s. I don't think those are necessarily suggestions, though. 
Maybe I'm using th- it wrong. I think that I just indicated that I listen to Les Miserables and Hamilton a lot. I am not gay, I promise. It's very, very going to suggest Will and Grace for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of Google, Google is also uh, kind of in hot water. So I have a personal pet peeve, and evidently I'm not the only one. I despise fake news sites. And even more than fake news sites, I despise people who just sit there and quote them without actually researching them. Which is a definite problem on Facebook. And Google, apparently. And, uh, yeah, apparently Google. Um, Let's see, is this still the case? If you were to do it right now, what happens? Earlier in the week, Google's number one... um, Oh, their number one link uh, for election results went to a fake news site. Yeah, they fixed it now. If you were to Google search 2016 election results, it took you to a random blog with completely made-up numbers concerning who won the election. It still said Trump won. Kind of hard to fake that one now. <laughs> like, I would imagine that's an immediate red flag for people. Generally, uh, although there's like a whole segment of our society who doesn't seem to want to believe that that's actually the case. So, um, riot on, y'all. Get your riot on. Um, but, uh, no... In case you missed it, Hillary Clinton has, so far, won the popular vote. And I say that because nothing's locked in stone until the elect- the electors actually finalize the ballots and drop their own ballots in December. Well, this site says otherwise. This says, site says that Donald Trump just absolutely creamed her in every sense. And for some reason, people were sharing it enough that it got to the top of Google's search algorithm. So yeah, Google Google doesn't like fake news. You know, Facebook has been... This week, we had both Google and Facebook saying that they're cracking down on fake news. And that's like 95% of what Facebook is. I mean, they're not going to have any content on their site if they do that. I know. Let's not... Let's let's broaden the term, too. Let's not even say, you know, political stuff. Fake news. Oh, I'm feeling so blessed today. No, you're not. That's fake. I met a really cute girl. She's going to be my my wife here soon. No, it's not. It's fake. People lie on social media. Well, and you stop and think as well. You talk about legitimate news sources. How many... Who who is to to determine when a story is, is fake and when it's not fake? Because we've seen news agencies run with stories that were obviously false touting them as correct and then when it came out that yeah this was this was fake they don't really print retractions or anything like they used to 50 years ago right right it's this clamor to be the first to hit with content yeah and so i mean are they going to start blocking cnn are they going to block cbs well and even worse and i've talked about this on this show too a lot of those Okay, Forbes does this a lot. Forbes does this. The Wall Street Journal does this. Um, they have contributing editors, guest writers, basically bloggers. Yeah. Bloggers. We could do that. No, we could do that, who write editorials. And because they get published by Forbes, they don't. They get posted to the website. They get to say, hey, look, I was published in Forbes. 
And people will say, oh, look, this article was on Forbes' website. It must mean it's well-vetted journalism. It's not. And there's a disclaimer at the bottom that says this is a uh, contributing writer. Um, the views expressed may not be those of Forbes. or And I'm picking on Forbes because I see it done a lot there. You might as well have seen it on a WordPress blog. But WordPress it, blogs aren't as, as well esteemed, though. Right. But it legitimizes them to say, oh, it's on Forbes. And before you know it, other sites start picking it up, too. Oh, see, this site, this uh, article was on Forbes. It must be real. And then all you need is one person to say, yes, it was on both the New York Times and on Forbes. Ergo, it must be news now. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's crazy. But Google's actually going to start hitting these people uh, in their wallets. They are going to... Uh, change their AdSense advertising policies that will prevent the use of AdSense ads on websites that, quote, misrepresent, misstate, or conceal information about the publisher, the publisher's content, or the primary purpose of the site. Does that mean clickbait will no longer get AdSense? Because I hate clickbait so much, I want to see it die. I don't see how they could. Because while that's fine and noble, what you have to remember is that Google gets paid from that, too. Yes, they do. They may say they hate fake news, and they probably do. But the more people click on links that are links that they're telling people to go to, the more money they get. Yeah. So it's in their interest to keep people going to these sites. Right. And, and in case people aren't quite understand what I mean there, let's say I want to find news on um, Obama's post-presidency plans, right? Well, if I go to CNN, if the very first link takes me to CNN, and I keep finding articles that take me to CNN, eventually I'm going to skip Google and I'm just going to go to CNN to see what's happening in the news. Yeah, That doesn't do anything for Google. Google wants you to search headlines on Google because then they can bring you the top results. And it doesn't behoove them if every time you search for news, they take you to CNN. So, just saying. I haven't thought of it that way. But yeah, that's a good point. So, so yeah, Google's trying to cut out fake news. Facebook is doing the same thing, trying to cut out fake news. Yeah, Facebook's doing some other stuff, though. Yeah, they are reading your messages. Well, and, and not just that—that's that's expected. Yeah, not just your public messages, but your private messages as well. And if they don't like what you're sending, they'll block it. That's disturbing. That's disturbing. Yeah, some some guy sent a link to somebody, and they. Facebook blocked him. They even banned him. He he got banned from using Messenger for like 12 hours. So he decided to test his theory and he did it again and they banned him for 24 hours. This is something he was posting to a close friend. And that's, uh, I say posting, not messaging, because that's how Facebook sees it. Yes. You are not sending a private message. You are posting a message targeted at one person. Or a group of people, however you've got your messenger. Yeah. 
whatever you're sending. If I send a message to Zoner, I'm not actually like emailing him or sending him a text message. It's a board that only he and I can see. We're essentially just posting things to that board. I'm wondering what it's going to take before people finally drop off Facebook. You know, I've wondered that, and I wonder if, I mean, more than two-thirds of adults use Facebook. Um, are we just going to have to die off because the kids don't use it like the adults do? I think we're just going to simply need a competitor to come up. Hello. Yeah, or not. Um <laughs> Also, someone cracking down on stuff that it finds inappropriate is Twitter. And this one brings up a very interesting socio-political commentary. Because a blogger, a just simple blogger, ran a very interesting test. He created a couple accounts on Twitter. And he posted um, some inflammatory hate speech. Deliberate hate speech on Twitter. Saying all those stupid, you know, racist white people... What exactly was it he said? Cause he, actually, he basically said something negative about, about white people white, voting Trump. Yeah, white people and Donald Trump. So then he used his second Twitter account to report that tweet. And Twitter responded back saying, you know, sorry, we don't think that violates the terms of, you know, decency of... of all of anti-harassment, of hate speech. Sorry. So then he went and used another account to post the exact same tweet, only he changed whites to blacks and Trump to Clinton. Those are the only words he changed in the entire tweet. Posted it, and with another account, reported that post. And Twitter blocked it, saying, you're right, it was offensive. It shouldn't have been done that way. Yeah, and Twitter is trying to become the safe space of the internet, you know, protect everyone's feelings, but it seems like they're doing it very selectively. We've talked with Larry Correa, uh, the author, about this, and he's been shadow banned, so he won't use Twitter anymore. Uh, a couple years ago, there was a big wave of shadow bannings taking place among conservative commentators and conservative public figures, and Twitter seems to have their own agenda, which is fine. They can do that. They they're a private company. They're a private company, yeah. They they can they can censor you all they want. But if they're going to come out and try and say, "Hey, we're stopping the hate speech. This is your safe space." I it needs to apply across the board. Otherwise, they have zero credibility in my mind. They need to come out and say, "Hey, look, you know, if you want to talk bad about white people and how horrible they are and how evil Donald Trump is, that's fine, but you can't talk bad about black people or other minorities, and you better not speak bad about Clinton. You know, yeah, they, I, they, need to, they need to be consistent. I'm going to get up on my soapbox here, um, and I, I realize we've used this disclaimer a lot this election season. This isn't a political show. I really don't want to get drawn into that, but it seems like we as a society have our little pets of the era. Maybe that came out wrong. Maybe that's not the phrase I want to use. It probably isn't. But bear with me here, okay? Uh, and I'm just thinking of all these racist terms that I can throw out there right now, and I'll just shut up. Sure. you know. But like 100 years ago, 
you could call blacks pretty much anything you wanted to. And that was okay in society's eyes as, as a greater whole. That was okay. You know, but you definitely couldn't uh, call people, call white people a certain word. And I don't even know because a hundred years ago in 1916, I don't even know what it would have been. Then you couldn't call them, um, then Jews. You couldn't go against Jews. You could go against everyone else, but because World War II had happened and the Holocaust had happened, suddenly that was a protected minority. Then the Civil Rights Movement came along, and then you couldn't do it to blacks. And now, once again, we are in a new kind of movement uh, with the LGBTFTWBBQ movement. <laughs> On a personal note, way too many letters. Way too many letters. Just call it the equality movement. We'd all understand what you're saying. You had me a barbecue. <laughs> I just, I swear they add a new letter to it every week as well. It makes it impossible to keep up with it. It but really does. So, at some point, the pendulum, pendulum will swing back and suddenly ragging on whites will once again be the, oh no, we can't do that now. Because it's exactly like you said, everyone needs their safe space. Just not everyone all the time. And personally, I think the internet public place, you shouldn't be treating people horribly. But in all actuality, it's it's the real world. People are going to be jerks. People are going to say things you don't like. Sometimes you just need to learn to use that block button or the ignore button or if they're especially horrible, go ahead and report them. Just tell on them. Yeah. And move on with your life. There's no way to segue from this. Um, actually, I had a good segue. Um, and it, it kind of turns... kind. You know, we've got... Okay, so we've talked about Google trying to determine what you can and can't see. Facebook determining what you can and can't see. Twitter determining what you can and can't say. We've got the UK right now that just passed the most expansive surveillance law ever passed in a democracy. We've got 1984 going on here. Well, and we should point out that the UK already has more security cameras, traffic cameras, just public cameras everywhere than I think any other Western nation. Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. But yeah, they have... They have passed a new law that they've been trying to get passed for years, but it forces uh, internet providers in the UK to store browsing histories, including domains visited, for one year in case of police investigations. I'd like to point out, this sounds very much like the surveillance law China passed on their citizens a couple weeks ago. It does, doesn't it? That's not really, like... That's oh, not a good sign. I'm right up there with China. Yeah, that's not something you want to say. Yeah, I mean, people are people are going crazy over this. Um, critics have called it terrifying and dangerous. Oh, uh, I made a comment about 1984. I just realized the very first line of this article, it's 2016 going on 1984. No offense. <laughs> I don't think that's really the, the biggest leap to make. No, it's really not. So I, I think that's kind of funny that I drew the same conclusion that the author did. But they call this uh, the Snoopers Charter, 
it was introduced in 2012 and took two attempts to get passed. And now that uh, Theresa May is the prime minister, she was able to get it passed on Wednesday by both houses. And civil liberties groups are going crazy with good reason. With good reason. Um, yeah, just, just a quick rundown. I mentioned that it's forcing Internet providers to record every Internet customer's web history in real time for up to a year that can then be accessed by numerous government departments and force companies to decrypt data on demand. Um, but the government has never been very clear on how it will force firms to do that. And, um, yeah, it's just, this is not good. It also, uh, gives intelligence agencies power to hack into computers and devices. Um, but there are some protected professions such as journalists and medical professionals that have a little bit of protection built in there, but not, not much more. Yeah, this is pretty extreme. So all y'all over in the UK, good luck and keep it there. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to stay there. It's I think not. it's going to spread. It, it will. It will. I can't, I can't imagine it's going to take too long before some lawmaker in the U.S. goes, that sounds like a good idea. We should do that. Well, you know, you've got the Patriot Act, which people say is pretty invasive now. I can only imagine how excited the politicians are at the prospect of being able to pass something like this. This is this is straight up terrifying. Straight up terrifying. So I guess it has not been ratified, but it should be ratified by royal assent in the coming weeks. So I... Yeah, I don't know. I, I this is scary. You know, we've we've entered an age where we have the thought police monitoring us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unfortunately, we can't even promise that it's our thought police monitoring us because in our next headline, it points out there's now monitoring happening on many Android phones and iPhones, and it's not sending it to the U.S. government like we all figure and assume. It's sending it back to China. Yeah, there's some of these, some of these Chinese phones um, are sending sending phone are sending data to China. Um, I think I saw the companies uh, ZTE and Huawei. Um, you mean those Chinese companies? Those Chinese companies. And correct me if I'm wrong. But wasn't there concern when Huawei entered the U.S. market a few years ago? There and was. didn't we talk about that? We did. I, I, I could have sworn it sounded familiar. Now, to be we fair, we completely missed ZTE because who would ever thought ZTE would ever breach our security? It's well, ZTE. ZTE just kind of came out of nowhere, too. Yeah. Whereas there was a lot of buildup with Huawei trying to get into the U.S. market. Well, my... Majorly because Huawei also wanted to go in and take care of all the LTE backhauls when yes. people, so it was going to capture information like man in the middle attacks. Yeah, and frankly, no one's worried about China is what China's going to get from a cricket wireless customer. They're going to find out when the next drug deal is. Oh, I may have just offended somebody. Probably. Not going to apologize. Sorry, not sorry. Um, so, yeah. And then, so we've got the Chinese doing the Android phones. And then you mentioned the iPhones. Mm-hmm. And they are secretly sending your call history to Apple. Um, 
And I they're saying that you need to have iCloud enabled, but I saw another article that said they'll do it even if iCloud is not enabled. Well, and let's be honest here. By default, iCloud is enabled. You want to track your phone? That's how you do it. You want to automatically sync your photos? That's how you do it. Yeah, this is this is crazy, dude. Everybody's like watching us and monitoring us and telling us what we can and can't do. Did you ever read 1984? I did, yeah. You know how they've got like the TV screens and the walls in like every room where they can watch you and see what you're doing and We've basically turned our society into that, but with mobile devices and computers. Yeah, they completely missed the mobile devices in that book. Completely miscalled it. Yeah, I mean, it. We've we've done that. It's it's terrifying. Does it make you wonder sometimes if perhaps a fascist regime is the natural evolution of all civilizations? I think it may be. I think it may be. It's, we just went know, really deep, really dark, really fast on this show. And not not to go into politics again, but who was it uh, after after the Constitutional Convention? Uh, was it Benjamin Franklin? Someone asked him what kind of government they came up with, and he said a republic if the people can keep it or something along those lines. Yeah, uh, I don't think people are able to keep that. I, I don't. Th- I think that the natural tendency for humans is to offload any sort of responsibility that they have onto someone else, and the government is more than happy to step in and take that over. But never mind that. Let's talk about Apple eyewear. Yes. So they can record everything that you see. (laughs) Nicely done. Nicely done. I I didn't know if you'd get that, but you did. Oh, of course I did. Okay, so if you notice, I've got like a we've got like a theme going on on this episode here. Hashtag we're screwed. <laughs> Indeed. So, um, about I want to say but almost not a by year adult ago. Friend finder. Yes, exactly. Um, about a year ago, I made the comment that Apple should have gone into the wearables market before Google because knowing Apple, they would have made an attractive, better looking kind of glasses wearable. Yes, And that would have forced Google and Microsoft down that path instead of the Google Glass that was just kind of ridiculous looking and the HoloLens that looks like a Daft Punk helmet. I'm just saying. Well, you're it, not wrong. It looks like uh, Apple is going to go that way now. Yeah, a lot of rumors. Now, it shouldn't be surprising that we're looking at an aluminum build with a chrome lens on hipster black rim glasses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a reason that stereotypes exist. Yeah, um, unfortunately, it's because sometimes they're true. Now, I will say this, and I've said this before: I don't like Apple software. I don't definitely do not like Apple as a business, but I do like Apple hardware. They do know how to make a good product. They do know how to make a good piece of kit. Their quality is always high. Their design is always usually on point. I can't say always, but more oftentimes than not. I'm excited to see how this would work, how this would look. You know, my first thought when I saw this is they're going to come out with it. Everybody's going to forget that Google actually was the first to come out with it. And Apple would be touted as revolutionary because, look, they've got glasses that will do 
this thing. We've never seen this type of stuff before. And meanwhile, all the Google fanboys are screaming in the back of the room, what about Google Glass? What about Google Glass? What about Snapchat Snap? True, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Now, some ugly glasses. Yeah, they are. They're really ugly. Now, that all this being said, I still don't really see the point of it all until something like HoloLens gets integrated with it. The heads-up display is what I want to see. The holographic heads-up display integrated with these little head-mounted cameras. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm excited. We should start seeing prototypes around 2018, I think. So, guess mark your calendar. Uh, you know those are going to sell like crazy, though, if they ever hit market. Mm, especially because Apple knows how to sell. They yes, know the they right do. price point. They know how to market it. They know how to sell it. You, instead, if you have Google Glass saying, hey, look, you could sign up here. And if we choose you to be one of the lucky ones, you can buy this for $1,500. It's like, oh, really? Be still my beating heart. Or Microsoft doing the exact same thing with HoloLens. It's like, no, no, no. They'll get this out. They'll figure out a way to get this down to like $400, $300. Probably $400. Uh, and see, I'm thinking probably 699 is going to be the lowest it would go. Yeah, we'll have to see. But it'll definitely be under 1000 And they will launch with plenty of units to sell to the masses. Just enough to keep the demand high, but to get it into enough people that it is a guaranteed thing. Yes. Instead of, oh, look, four people in this state have it. Well, I guess that's newsworthy. <laughs> yeah. And that is the key behind an Apple release. Get enough people to have it that it's just normal enough that you know you want it. Now, they've got another release coming out, which I don't think they're even trying to hide the fact anymore that they're just milking Apple fanboys for all they can. I wonder if they. Uh, I wonder if they understand that their golden goose might be dying. I, you know, I don't know if they do or not because if they did, I don't know that they would come out with a three hundred dollar photo book about its products. Uh, I I love the tagline on this. We're holding out for the book book pro. <laughs> yeah, I um. I mean. 450 photos of gadgets shot by um, Andrew Zuckerman, who has, I guess he's most famous for the creature book. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it's a coffee table book. So you can, how pretentious do you need to be to have a $300 book? That's basically an Apple ad. Like they wouldn't even put this in the Apple store. I don't know. Oh, I, I guess if you don't want to spend three hundred, they do have a smaller version for two hundred. <laughs> so it's like it's like the book book and the book book plus. <laughs> well, well, actually, I think this would be the book book C. <laughs> Holy crap! I just uh, this. I think you just said it exactly right. How pretentious do you have to be? And you know, if you ever like. Is it swipe right when you like a chick on Tinder? I don't even know. You swipe the direction that you like, go pick up your chick from Tinder, and you see this book sitting on her coffee table, you know that that's a sign to just turn and walk away. Just walk away. 
Um, hey, before we go into a couple of funny headlines here, um, we have another one that is kind of a, a company just not getting it. It's Kaspersky, who we normally like. Kaspersky Labs makes really great antivirus. They identify a lot of uh, threats before anyone else does. They have some le- cutting-edge researchers. They're trying to uh, start an antitrust suit against Apple, uh, sorry, against Microsoft, saying that Microsoft is holding a monopoly on antivirus because every copy of Windows 10 has the Windows Defender. First off, I'd like to call bull on this. I recently got a new Dell laptop through work. And you know what it came bundled with? I'm guessing Norton. McAfee, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, McAfee. Now, Windows had the Windows Defender already on there because it's part of the OS. But it was fully disabled because McAfee was in there. First thing I did, I uninstalled McAfee and tried to re-enable Microsoft Defender or Windows Defender. And you know what happened? The entire system screwed up because McAfee was so embedded it, that it never actually got any of the stuff out and it messed up my computer. I had to reinstall Windows from scratch just to get it flushed out. Well, the good thing about that is no more McAfee. No, exactly. So, Kaspersky, maybe you should just get some new... Well, I can't even say that because I just built a new computer and I it comes. I, I got an Asus motherboard. And you know what uh, comes bundled with Asus motherboards? Uh, some sort of antivirus? Kaspersky. Uh, that's anti-competitive. A full year's subscription to Kaspersky. Nice. I don't know if these companies know what competitive is. Yeah, I don't think they do. I don't think they do. Now, you could make the uh, you could make the argument that by Microsoft integrating antivirus into the core OS, that that is being uncompetitive or anti-competitive. But do you guys remember what it was like before they did that? Do you guys remember how many times the Windows antivirus was able to be disabled or circumvented or perverted and actually become the virus? Oh, yeah. And the same was true if you had Kaspersky or Norton or McAfee or McAfee or however you pronounce it. It didn't matter what antivirus you had. Really good viruses could get in there anyway and completely screw with it. Having Microsoft integrate an antivirus subroutine into the core kernel of the OS is a good thing, people. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And it's like you said, a lot of these computer manufacturers ship their computer with some sort of antivirus on. They're getting a kickback from these companies. They don't want to kill their golden goose. And so Microsoft is cool with that. They're like, okay, well, we're disabling ourselves until that program is no longer viable on this computer. So, I mean, I think I think it's garbage. I think it's going to get tossed out. Yeah. But I could be wrong because judges are idiots. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. In some funny headlines, well, I guess this one technically isn't funny, about the Fitbit. Yeah, this one's interesting. I kind of uh, find it funny. NBA 2K17 is going to reward you uh, with a boost for your MyPlayer uh, based on how active you are on your Fitbit. I think that's kind of cool. You know what I'm just going to do? I'm just going to throw my Fitbit into like a paint agitator. Uh, just tie it to your cat, dude. Put it around your cat's neck. 
Yeah, so I can see how often my cat just laid there and didn't move. <laughs> That's right. You need a dog. He's laying there right now. I'm surprised he hasn't jumped up on us while I'm recording. Yeah, so am I. I, I appreciate that, though. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of cool I that we're starting to see these activity trackers being used in ways other than just tracking your activity. Is this the start of the eSports? <laughs> no, it's not. Um, our next and our final headline comes from, what is this, from the UK? Yes. Yeah, okay. So, And this was hilarious to me because this week someone managed to email like our entire corporation a spam message. Everyone in the corporation. And, of course, everyone in the corporation was an idiot and started hitting reply all saying, don't send this to me or I think this went to the wrong person. Well, like two days later, we get this headline from Business Insider. Uh, the National Health Service from the UK had the same thing happen. A test email was sent out to the entirety of the agency. That's 1.2 million employees. And everyone started replying, don't send this to me. Is this going to the right person? Don't hit reply all. Yeah, you can't stop a reply all cascade by hitting reply all and contributing you idiots i just think it's absolutely hilarious 1.2 million emails now i saw i thought they that i saw the number on this how many emails? Here it is. Um, so far yeah 140 million emails were sent across their network that was within like a few hours yeah that's awesome and that's just from 120 replies at, at the point, er, at at the time of publishing on this article, 120 replies, 140 million emails. That is awesome. Um, as the article points out, if ever you're stuck in a reply all chain, don't do anything. Yeah, just play dead. Yeah, make like a <laughs> hole in the water. All right, into our favorites. Uh, mine is Vice President Joe Biden who is evidently planning on renovating the White House, removing all the screws from the white office, from the Oval Office chair, uh, replacing all the toiletries with travel size samples, uh, and, as, and is currently doing the entire Home Alone series of traps throughout the White House. If you've seen anything on social media this last week, this hilarious new meme has started up about Joe Biden and his attempts to make moving into the White House, very difficult for Donald Trump. And it's honestly the best thing to come out of this entire election. I don't care who you <laughs> really voted is. for, this entire election season went way too long and was horrible. So this is the best thing to come out of it. Yeah, I am not a Joe Biden fan by any stretch of the imagination, but I love these memes. They are absolutely hilarious. Now, my favorite, I alluded earlier that... Um, Google has has updated a few of their things. One of the things that they updated this week was Google Newsstand. And this is something that I've tried to use in the past, but I've never really been able to do it just because I didn't like it. But they have changed it substantially, and the biggest change is it now has a web interface. And so you can subscribe to your news sources, put your RSS feeds, whatever in there, and you can start using Google Newsstand via your web browser. And it's not a unattractive UI. It's it's kind of nice. I've I've tried using it a little bit this week since it came out, and I I'm kind of enjoying it. So, if you like your news, check it out. 
Excellent. All right. Well, that is our show this week. Hey, let us know what you're thinking. We appreciate the feedback. We love reading them. We love saying them on the air. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Give us a call, 801-917-GEEK. Leave us a comment on the website, maybe. Follow us on Twitter. Friend us on Facebook. And until next time, cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.